Welcome to the Alliance Podcast, continuing conversations. My name is Morgan Mangara, Content Manager for The Almanac, the online publication for the Alliance. In this episode, Alliance President Rebecca DeVivo hosts a conversation with four thought leaders who are presenting during the Alliance Spotlight on Leadership, taking place online September 30th. Listen in to get a glimpse of what will be covered during these virtual conversations for leaders in the healthcare CPD landscape, as well as key leadership concepts you can employ in your practice today. If you like what you hear, subscribe or leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. I'm Rebecca DeVivo, President for the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. New this year, the Alliance is hosting Spotlight on Leadership, a virtual opportunity for healthcare CPD professionals to gather, connect with fellow leaders in the industry, and hear from thought leaders about key issues impacting leadership. Today, I'm sitting down with several of our Spotlight on Leadership speakers to not only learn more about what attendees can expect from these sessions, but also to discuss the key concepts of leadership in the healthcare CPD landscape. I'm really looking forward to these interviews and to the session itself, so thank you all for joining me. First up, I'd like to welcome Tatiana Topolovich and Samantha Morello to the podcast. During Spotlight on Leadership, they will be presenting barriers to entry and for advancement in the Organization for Women and Other Underrepresented Groups. Before diving into our discussion, Sam and Tatiana, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career in CPD and your involvement with the Alliance? Sure, thank you. So I've always been very curious about learning and developing formally and informally and seek out new opportunities that I then include in my learnings from self-reflection to set new development goals and objectives. So working closely with Sam, uh, Dr. Emika Patkin and Dr. Matthew Allen for the last three years and actually developing and implementing what today is called AO Access has been amazing to learn with and from colleagues. And that's led to a change in my professional role. And of course, presenting and networking at conferences such as Amy or the Alliance Conference has been another great way to share insights and learn from others. And of course, my AO colleague, Chitra Subramaniam, the Chief Learning Officer of AO North America is also past Alliance president. So we have strong connections with her as well. Sam? AO offers continuing professional development, and we as health professionals and paraprofessionals, we offer a lot of great professional development opportunities, both within that organization, but as healthcare professionals, we're also involved in a variety of other realms as well. So for example, I'm a veterinary surgeon, and I'm involved in my own organization outside of AO, and a lot of the health professionals in AO are involved in their own other organizations across the United States and across the globe. And so it's really interesting about being in AO and also in working with the Alliance is that it's great to be in this sort of umbrella organization where we are all approaching similar experiences, handling similar and also different issues and being able to see how like-minded people are approaching all of these things in both the same and different ways. And so with the Alliance, AO is looking forward to collaborating more closely with different members to learn from and also help share those ideas and experiences. Wonderful. Thank you both. All right, let's dive into leadership. Without giving away too much from your session, how can building a diverse and inclusive work environment benefit an organization as a whole? Thank you. That's a good question. So 
AO offers education in the healthcare environment, specifically promoting excellence in patient care and outcomes. So diversity is important, not just because it's the right thing to do. Social science and evidence-based literature clearly show that diverse groups are more creative in research, innovation, and more effective in, for example, receiving research funding. So diversity makes organizations more resilient and adaptable, and healthcare is hence improved through all when the surgeons are from diverse backgrounds. Absolutely. Sam, anything you want to add to that? So a diverse workforce, they've shown, can really help us access a wider clientele, whether or not we're in healthcare or any other variety of service industries in the country and in the world. And that's really important specifically for healthcare as it improves patient outcomes. And there's a lot of really good data that supports that. So providing access to both people and spaces and communities that don't always have healthcare professionals that specific patients can't always identify with, that don't look like them, and where those healthcare professionals can't always specifically understand the needs of that community or actually even physically be present to be able to provide service to their communities is really, really important. And that's why that those concepts of diversity and opportunity are huge issues in healthcare today. It's also really important when we think about the emerging sort of demographic of young healthcare professionals and for AO specifically surgeons. Those young surgeons are more likely to engage with organizations and in careers in general where people look like them and specifically the people who are outward facing. So people who are in those leadership positions. And so that's why leadership in general is just critically important. The consequences of not engaging in diversity and inclusion initiatives are really high. So from a healthcare perspective, it's going to lead to less excellent outcomes in patient care and the quality of care that they're getting, so health disparities, and it's going to lead to a loss of talent, so not being able to recruit and retain top faculty and people who are participating in the organizations, and then ultimately not being able to attract the best people into that career path. So for us, it's orthopedic surgeons. So you're not going to have the strongest and the most talented group going forward to be able to care for a really important population. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to hearing the data that you guys are going to present during the session because I think it's going to be really interesting. What is one small step that healthcare CPD leaders today can take to encourage a more diverse and inclusive mindset in their daily work? If you were going to give one small tip as a takeaway for today. Well, I would say as uh, CPD promotes this engaging in in a self-reflected lifelong learning path that we've committed ourselves to is one recommendation I would strongly advise everyone to follow. And out of that comes this engagement with educational offerings, may they be paid or, or free, like the implicit association test. And then, of course, to share your insights and learnings with your teams and start looking beyond what an individual may need, but look at the larger structures and policies. Wonderful. Sam? I think there's a there's an old quote that I'm not sure anybody can attribute to anybody specific anymore about if you keep doing things the way you've always done them, all you're going to get is what you've already got. And so if there's one thing I would encourage people to do, it's just every time you make a decision, think about, are we doing things the way we've always done them? Are we making the same decision we've always made? Are we choosing the same exact type of person we've always chosen for this role? Does everything look the way it's always looked? Or can you self-reflect and say, 
maybe I'll do something a little bit differently. Maybe I'll change my pattern and do that for yourself and then encourage everybody around you to do that. And that's a very, very simple thing to be able to do, to just always be reflective about every decision you're making. Am I moving forward or am I being stuck where I've always been? Absolutely. I love that. I might steal that actually. So thank you. All right. Let's talk briefly about your spotlight on leadership session, which is going to be coming up soon. If you could share one takeaway participants can expect to learn from your presentation, that would be great. And actually, Sam, I'll start with you this time. In order to be the most effective, I don't think we can just rely on changing minds. I think a lot of great work can be done on that. And there's so much discussion about, you know, implicit bias training and diversity training and all that. And all that work is really, really important. But I think we can only get so far when we believe that we can change how people think. And so I think the most important thing is to be able to supersede that and to change structures. So if we can affect the processes within an organization, so how we recruit, how we promote, how we mentor, and then how we create and instill leaders, we can bypass some of those implicit biases and sameness patterns that I was just talking about and make sure that there's a fair process and that diversity element is part of that process. So that it's not just based on people's opinions, it's based on merit, it's based on qualities, it's based on these bigger ideas, and it can eliminate the effects of those implicit biases when things get decided. Excellent. Tatiana, how about you? I think I don't have much to add. I would just maybe summarize that people will be able to walk away with concrete steps that we've taken on a data-driven approach that we've taken. And that I think three points would be that we raise awareness that we offer educational opportunities and with that want to really change policies and processes so that we can move beyond just having the conversations, which is a very important first step, but then really create change. I love it. I think people are really looking for practical ways to create change in their own environments. So I love that that's how you guys are orienting your session. All right. I got one last question for you. As an industry expert, why is it necessary for healthcare CPD professionals, our community, to continue expanding their knowledge on a topic like leadership? Yeah, I'll start with that. So with the new generation of healthcare professionals, they're looking for new types of leaders. They don't want to see the same thing over and over. So if we replace current leadership with leaders that look like the same people who've always been there, again, we're not going to be moving forward or even be sustainable. And we're certainly not going to demonstrate growth. So the values and the goals of this younger generation, which in itself is a whole lot more diverse, they have different ideas. It, it requires a different type of leadership to be able to represent them and promote them and, and those values. Traditionally, we've relied on a certain type of system to create certain leaders, various goal structures, various paths to promotion. And this system hasn't really created a diverse workforce. And the evidence is really in what we see now. So being able to rethink how we create leaders and how we select leaders off of perhaps a different rubric can meet some of those different challenges and some of what the new generation is looking for more effectively. Mm -hmm. Tatiana? 
I very much agree with Sam. It's the leaders that can drive the change. Hence, it's super important that as a leader, you continue to expand your knowledge on competencies such as leadership. I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate you both being leaders in this session and in general. So thank you for bringing your expertise to us. And we really appreciate you joining me to spotlight leadership both today in this podcast and also in this session. And I look forward to seeing your session. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Like what you hear on the Alliance podcast? Visit almanac.acehp.org to read the latest continuing professional development news and insights. Visit today to get informed and inspired. Next, I'd like to welcome Scott Weber to the podcast. During Spotlight on Leadership, Scott and Patricia Jasek will be presenting how the urgency of now created a new and sustainable value for CME CE. So Scott, before diving into our discussion, tell our listeners a bit about yourself. You can tell us a little about your career in CPD, your involvement with the Alliance, and anything else you'd like to share. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you also to Patty Jasek, who I'm fortunate enough to partner with on this leadership session that we'll do at the end of September. And she had a scheduled conflict and was unable to join us today and has left me to carry the water. So hopefully I will not only represent my views, my point of view, but also our collective views in our discussion today. I am co-founder and president of MedIQ. We are an accredited provider of continuing medical education, continuing professional development. And for those who may not uh, be familiar with our work, we are a group of really passionate and purpose-driven individuals in service to a vision of better healthcare for all. And we have this profound belief that what we do every day makes a difference. And, And this is has been our North Star, why our company exists and how we live our MedIQ journey. And as it relates to the Alliance, you know, we have been avid supporters of the Alliance and the work that the Alliance does for many years, gosh, over the past 15 years, actually. In our membership, you know, sponsorships, serving on various committees, really playing, we believe, an active role in the evolution in the great work that the Alliance does. And now we're serving on the board of directors with Allison Gardner, who is our senior vice president of education, serving as one of its directors. So we believe in the mission and the value of the Alliance. We believe it's an important partner for all of us in the the CPD ecosystem, and we'll always continue our support in the future. All right, let's dive into leadership. Without giving away too much from your session, where can healthcare CPD professionals start on their journey to defining and articulating their values? So this is a place where Patty and I have had you know, certain parts of this conversation. So again, I'll, I'll share a personal point of view and then reflect on what Patty and I have discussed in the past. You know, first, I think it, I know it sounds maybe a little simplistic here, but I, I do believe that this journey starts with curiosity, right? Actually, you know, actually being curious about and wanting to know if all this hard work that we're doing is truly having an impact, you know, if it's having impact and how that impact is translating into improving healthcare. And and the reason I I say we start with curiosity here is that over the years, I've met folks in our universe who feel that our value is sort of implicitly understood and that it's not really necessary that we have to actively go out and prove our value. And it always reminds me of the blockbuster experience, right? And, And we know how that turned out. And so, you know, I feel complacency can be catastrophic. And at a time when our healthcare system And those professionals who care for us and care for our families are stressed beyond their limits. I just, I don't think we're in a place to take anything for granted. And so wanting to do this work, I think is certainly worthwhile. And we've also experienced that there's many in our community who believe that we have a responsibility to actually challenge ourselves regarding the value that we're bringing to our learners. 
And, and this idea of spending time in the third person, in self-reflection, while at the same time seeking input from our learners, whether we're meeting their needs, is really a necessary component for us to effectively create, deliver, measure, and value the impact that we're having. So the first step is having the curiosity of the value that we're creating and the impact that we're having. I think the second step here is really, as we identify the end beneficiaries of the work that we do, it's really to determine how they define value. What are their expectations of us and the education or the, the training that we're developing and delivering? Like we in this CPD community should be careful not to define value in a vacuum. And Patty and I have, have said this before, that value is in the eyes of the beholder. And so let's take the guesswork out of this. Let's define and build value from a learner's perspective. And third on my list of 50 <laughs> is this recognition that, you know, when we talk about how, you know, articulating our value. It's the recognition that storytelling is an art and how we articulate the value of what we do relies on more than simple PowerPoint slides and regurgitation of data. We have to do this hard work of truly understanding what our outcomes data mean, the impact that our interventions are having, and then being able to craft a story that reflects the value of our work, I think is really, really critical. And it's important, by the way, I'm not speaking from a place of having all this figured out, like Scott Weber doesn't have all the answers. We, we live this. This is our, we challenge ourselves every day at MedIQ and, and on this value journey. And so really sharing sort of our perspective and, and I believe Patty's perspective as well on some of these key areas around the value discussion. Wonderful. Thank you. So speaking of value, why is it important to learn how to define value in relation to the different stakeholders that we all work with? You know, Patty and I discussed this a few years ago in, in our first presentation. I mean, we had some great feedback from the participants that were in the room. You know, in many cases, we're creating learning experiences that are in partnership with outside collaborators, right? So faculty, associations, societies, patient advocacy groups, foundations, companies who also bring educational tools and resources and expertise to the process. And, and oftentimes we're relying on outside funding sources as well to financially support these activities. So thinking grants from commercial supporters, government agencies, and foundations. And our belief is that our learners are the most important stakeholder, and that if we are meeting the needs of the learner, then we're answering the value question that's sort of relevant to all of our stakeholders. However, we also believe it's important to fully understand that these stakeholders also have additional value priorities that, that we really should be considering. So a 360-degree understanding of what value means to all of our stakeholders provides us a real opportunity to build sustainable relationships for the future. Wonderful. Well, let's talk briefly about your Spotlight on Leadership session. Can you share one takeaway participants can expect to learn from your presentation? We've really focused in on this belief that the CPD community served as, we're calling it a source of truth. In our response to the crises of 2020 and, and here in 2021, and that our community set in motion innovations in how we design and deliver education that really met the urgency of the moment. And thinking ahead may actually serve as designs for our future. So the takeaways are we hope that our colleagues who join this session go forward with the intention of exploring the things that worked and sustaining those innovations that worked and understanding the value that they created during these unprecedented times of the past few years, really understanding that we are still in uncharted territory here and, and continue with those innovations and resist the, you know, resist that urge to go back to the status quo of how things were done in the past. We believe we've accomplished a lot in this community in support of, of healthcare and our learners 
and believe that there's still more to do and really just want to encourage folks to do that exploration around value and keep the innovations in place going forward and not, you know, not revert back to the mean or not revert back to status quo of how things were pre-2020. Sounds like a good way to go about it. And I love that you're going to be focusing on really concrete, successful strategies that people can probably take home with them and apply in their own practices, because that's what people are looking for these days, for sure. All right, one last question that I'm asking everybody. As an industry expert, why is it necessary for us as healthcare CPD professionals to continue expanding our knowledge on a topic like leadership? Thank you for calling me an expert. <laughs> I think you it's- are. <laughs> Thank you for that. Listen, I think it's the same reason as in any profession. You know, we're all facing huge leadership challenges in the future. Building and maintaining culture in a work from everywhere environment. We need leadership to help us evolve in our pursuits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And continued globalization creates opportunities and challenges that require strong leadership and leaders that have, a, again, a 360 worldview. I think it's specific to our world. You know, I come at it from two perspectives. One, from an organizational perspective, improving and expanding our knowledge and our capabilities as leaders really enables us to inspire our organizations, to inspire the teams, and most importantly, to, to inspire individuals who do this important work in pursuit of something greater than ourselves. And so we need inspired teams. We need well-led teams. We need purpose-driven teams so that we can accomplish the hard work ahead. And secondly, from a, from a macro perspective, I believe that our profession will continue to play a vital leadership role in the healthcare ecosystem. And as a community of educators, it's our responsibility and it's in our best interest to be prepared for the leadership challenges of the future. Agreed. Scott, thank you so much for joining me to spotlight leadership. And I, I really look forward to participating in your session in a couple of weeks. And I appreciate the invite. Thank you all very much. Being an Alliance member has its perks. From discounts to industry-leading events like the Alliance Annual Conference to members-only access to education designed with healthcare CPD professionals in mind, the Alliance is where our community comes to learn. Visit acehp.org to join today. I'd like to welcome Pam Mason to the Alliance podcast. During Spotlight on Leadership, Pam and her co-speakers, Jan Balmer, Stephen Kauchek, and Chris Keenan will be presenting Leading in Times of Crisis, Adapting to Change, Taking the Risks. Before diving into our discussion, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Pam. We're happy to have you, and we'd love to hear a little bit more about your career in CPD and your involvement with the Alliance. Thanks, Rebecca. I'm Senior Director of the Medical Education Grants Office at AstraZeneca. I've been doing that for a long time. And I've also been a member of the Alliance for a very long time. I was trying to count up the years, probably 30 years now. I've led the member section for the industry group. I've been on different committees and task force, and I'm currently the chair of the membership committee. You know, I think you were one of the first members I met when I became a member more than 20 years ago. So it's pretty fun to have you here. And I can't think of anybody better to be involved with our leadership series. So thank you very much for doing this. All right, let's dive into leadership. Leaders relied on change and crisis management strategies to navigate during the pandemic and still are, frankly. Without giving away too much from your session, what's one best practice in change or crisis management that leaders can keep in mind as they're preparing for the future? Well, when you think about crisis management, what comes to mind for me is really an environment of trust, and you have to shift the mindset of the organization. 
making wise and rapid decisions was where I went to initially with the shutdown for the pandemic, and then learning from that crisis to affect change. So we put a lot of processes in place so that we could be part of the solution, not part of the problem during the mm-hmm. pandemic and working with, you know, I'm an in industry. So working with education providers was important for us to make sure because they were struggling with their decisions and we needed to be able to make quick decisions ourselves. So that's kind of my one takeaway is be flexible enough and open enough to think about that and not get bogged down in trying to come up with the perfect solution. You just need to be able to act quickly. So we've all learned a lot in the last 18 months. What would you say is a new learning that you have had as a leader in the last 18 months that you'll carry forward with you into the future? Well, thanks for that question, because I've thought about that a good bit. I always felt I was open and transparent, and I was very flexible in my leadership style and my decision making. But what I realized is that I had to embrace it even more and to accept some of the things that I had been trying to avoid. So the pandemic was that change accelerator and technology platforms and social media, where the healthcare providers were going for information. I have had to learn more about social media. And so, you know, with tutorials, I had a Twitter account very early when they first launched and I never grasped really how to use it or, or, you know, was comfortable with that. And what I've found is that now I at least watch and listen as best you can on the Twitter listening piece of it to better understand where the healthcare providers and the chatting, what's happening and what they're talking about. And so I'm having to learn myself. I've also empowered my team to consider some of the platforms, some of the social media that we had not been supporting. And now we are supporting. It's funny you say that about Twitter. I'm exactly the same way. And I've been learning it. I've been forcing myself, us seasoned dogs, going to have to learn some new tricks. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And so we've been rethinking strategies and our priorities, our communication even with education providers. In the past, there's been limited communication from time to time. And and we've decided that that's not a healthy approach for any of us, that we actually do need to communicate and share and share best practices and share what's going on and, and where they're finding successes and where they're not finding successes. And so we're rethinking our role in this current environment. We don't want to be part of the problem. We definitely want to be part of the solution for this. And I have to say, I'm very proud of my team They were so dedicated and flexible during the past 18 months. They did not skip a beat. In fact, they amazed me even more than they had done all those years before. So yeah, a learning time for all of us. For sure. And speaking of sharing, let's talk briefly about your Spotlight on Leadership session. So what's an example of a takeaway that participants can expect to learn from your presentation? Well, it's going to be an interesting session. Uh, Each of the panelists will share their stories, how they adapted, and more importantly, sort of what their current challenges are. But here's the big challenge for the listeners will be and the participants. All of these leaders have expressed that we are at a crossroads. 
And the conversation amongst ourselves got very, very interesting about what that is and what that looks like. So if they join us for that session, they're going to hear these individuals, Jan, Stephen, and Chris, talk about their insights into what they are currently facing and what they see as the future and really what we need to do, what needs to happen in the future for us to remain relevant and which I think is very, very important for, um, for all of us. Agreed. And this partly answers the next question also, but as an industry expert, why is it necessary, do you think, for healthcare CPD professionals to continue expanding their knowledge and on topic like leadership? A lot of our members are from different roles, different professions. Why is this applied to, to our membership at large? Well, I'm going to quote Charles Darwin. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is most adaptable to change. So change is inevitable, as we've seen, and our world will continue to change at an accelerated pace. So we need to stay relevant. We need to grow. We need to be the leaders in continuing professional development that the world really should expect of us. And so I think that's the exciting part about thinking about the current and the future, because we don't know what to expect necessarily. And I think we have to be ready for almost anything. Totally agree. And I, for one, cannot wait to listen to the session. So thank you so much, Pam, for joining us. I really appreciate you being a part of this podcast. And I look forward to seeing you online. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Alliance podcast, Continuing Conversations. We look forward to seeing you at Spotlight on Leadership, Conversations for Leaders in the Healthcare CPD Landscape, taking place online September 30th. Visit acehp.org to reserve your spot today. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to stay updated on future releases. In the meantime, we invite you to access our wealth of leadership content on the Almanac at almanac.acehp.org. Until next time.